Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Ellie Pell joins us fresh off of a 241 marathon at Hartford. Um, but we're not going to start there. We're going to make you wait for that. Uh, Ellie has had a crazy 2019, including winning two ultras outright, um, one of which uh, is a race she's run before, uh, Water Gap, but also she uh, ran Green Lakes. And I think those are uh, Green Lakes and Water Gap. And then we got to go further back to go to winning the Buffalo Marathon as well. So this is, yeah, it's 20. Does it feel good having that all put together like that? A little. I'm like, oh, wow. I just, it, it's, it, there's just so much. I can't believe it's all happened in 2019. And also like a year ago at this point, I was not where I am right now. So it's just insane. All right. And uh, with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. See this? We got we got legit. We got sound panel stuff. We've gone big time. I know. Like, I'm going to get a core workout here on I this know. Uh, Yeah, I know. I think that's where Haley sits. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a nice... Uh, it's going to be good. We're going to be good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 2019. What a what a heck of a year. Yeah, um, I have been reminiscing just a little bit. Like, every time I'm about to race, usually during my taper week, I sort of look back at the season. And, um, and also just... Uh, talking to other runners who are training for things. It's amazing how, like, what you can accomplish in a year. And so uh, basically at this time last year, I had just ran like a 5K at a pace slower than I just ran the marathon, which is insane. And I remember that 5K because I was dying. Like, I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And um, just in this past year, there's just been – so many, so many new things, but also I also went back to, I treated myself like a beginner and it was really, really cool to just start again, really after coming off of, um, after DNFing at Twisted Branch and just really needing to take a step back from all the miles into the train and based all the training and just kind of the, kind of what like the sport had come had become to me uh, at that point and just taking a step back and then just really like wiping the slate clean, kind of like getting off my high horse, like getting the chip off my shoulder and just, I'm a beginner again. Let's just start again. And uh, so, yeah, that's where I was a year ago and here we are. Yeah. So when, when you were last on the podcast, you were getting ready to run, you were just entering into the world of ultras and, um, you were super fast, 5K, 10K, like that was your jam, right? And No, I still have never raced, a, like I've never like trained for and raced a 5 or a 10K. What were, so. you, what were you running when you were, when you were getting into ultras? Because I mean, you were fast, you were running Red Newt races. Yeah, I was do so I really am like a relatively new runner. I think being known as a runner and even an ultra runner is really strange because I've really only been running for like five years. Um, so when I started, I did the basic like marathon or no half marathons really. And then, 
Um, the first marathon that I did was the Buffalo Marathon in 2016. And then I think right after that, um, I, uh, I wanted to do more marathons, but the, the training wasn't coming. And so Ian from the running store and from Red New just said, why don't you come run Water Gap 50K? And I was like, okay. And so I did that. And then I kind of got a little bit of a bug. And then I ran Menden. And then I ran um, the North Face 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was kind of when I sort of just jumped into ultras, right. kind of both with both feet. Right. And, you know, we don't have to recap the whole thing. I was trying to place where it was where we last talked. And, and we were joking right before we were recording, like the younger Ellie was so wise the last time she was on here. Yeah. And, but it is like every year you can learn so much. If you, if you are able to step back and have perspective, you can look at what happened your last year and you can go this year I was doing these things and what am I going to take from them? Because I think after you started doing ultras, then you went into hashtag van life. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of fun. Uh, Yeah, so I think when we last recorded was right after I had won many on the Jenny for the first time. And I started to think about the next year and what I wanted to do. And then I went through a little bit of a cycle of injury. And whenever I get injured or have to take a step back from my, from what I am normally doing. I kind of do like a life reevaluation and also things in America sort of changed at that point where I was thinking like, what if all this stuff like happens? What if like really literally the shit hits the fan and we're all like, what do we do? And, um, so I kind of sort of the van life was more like of a challenge just to myself to see if I could do it. Could you actually live in a van down? Yeah. By the river? Like, could I actually live in a van? <laughs> like if everything, if all the bad things that everybody thinks is going to happen with this 2016 political climate, could I like survive? And that was really appealing to see if I could do it. And so I did it. <laughs> and um in that t- and when I was in the van I was train I was training for ultras at that point and it was in the winter and it was hard it was really really hard um but I had some success in ultras and living in the van was great um it was but it was great in a sense not like things were easy it was great that I liked to do hard things and it was really hard um and then I was there for about 7 months just till before Cayuga Trails that year and then I moved back into an apartment and then I did Cuga Trails that year. I had done many on the Jenny too on it. And then I got third at Cuga. And then I definitely, I got injured at Cuga and I didn't want to acknowledge it because I really wanted to do Twisted Branch. And I started Twisted Branch, didn't go so well. So I DNF there. And now uh, it's the 20, 2018 Twisted Branch? Yes. Yeah. And then that was when I decided to take like a month off and then start as a beginner again and start over again. go back to the roads. Yeah. So yeah, you go, um, back to the beginner thing, but you know, you got these miles in your legs and you know, you got this experience, right? And so how do you, what, what were some of those like internal conversations you had with yourself when you're doing a beginner, like three mile, just run at an easy pace workout when you're like, I totally know I could do more and I know I could go faster. How did you, how did you get to the do you know how you got to the beginner stage comfortably again? Yeah, I think I was, 
when being injured, I just, I remember when I was just, when running was hard and it wasn't butterflies and I didn't feel that great. And, but I just, so I just knew that in order for it to get better, I had to let it be just what it was. And so that meant just like, you know, going on the three mile run that should be easy. That's not, or just showing up at the track and getting my butt handed to me by very fast women. And, um, just sort of, it was also freeing though, because I really was like, I've never done this before. And I just didn't knew that I needed a break from the ultra trail. Everybody wants to be, to do the most gnarly thing, to do the longest thing. I didn't want to do that. And I didn't feel like I should, I should, if I don't. And I just was like, I'm ready to try something new. And it was actually really liberating. Like I haven't done this. And so I want to be a beginner again. Yeah. And I, I ask because that's was, that was my struggle realizing, Hey, um, I'm not running a lot, so when I do run, I shouldn't expect what I was getting when I was running a lot, right? And, like, I, I would be like, man, that five miles was hard. And I go, yeah, the, the first time you ran five miles was hard, right? And so I actually went back to my real early Garmin logs, and I looked when I was doing five milers at 11 minutes a mile, you know, and I had a walk break at mile three. And I'm like, yeah, you did you did that before, you're, you're doing it again now, you know, just get comfortable with it. Did you, um, did you, uh, struggle with expectations and just for context, the timeline we're talking about is late 2018 last year. Yeah. So around September ish. Yeah. Not really just because I was so one burnout and two, just, I didn't feel fast. And also it was like, I was still healing this ankle injury that I'd sustained from Cayuga. And so running it all was great. And, and it did suck a lot, but I was putting one foot in front of the other. And so it's been really, and I remember thinking like, remember what this feels like, because this sucks. Mm -hmm. And so now when I run and in this past year, it's just like grateful for every mile, like just happy to do things, happy that running does feel good right now because I've had lows and I know I'll have lows again, but just being able to be in the moment. And so when it does feel good, just be very appreciative of how it's feeling. Yeah. And I think that being, being grateful of like being able to go run, like we pay a lot of lip service to that. We all, everybody says it, but if you actually do it, it makes those runs so much better. You know, I, I was realizing that the other day, you know, I was like, I'm not in a training cycle, but I do have this race coming up that I should be running more for. And so all I was saying was, I'm just going to run more. And so I went and I ran 10 miles and I did it. And I was like, wait a minute, you just like felt like running 10 miles and you were able to like appreciate that today. Sure. Tomorrow you might be a little bit sore, but appreciate that you haven't been doing great and you just went out and ran 10 miles. Some people never see 10 miles, you know? So it was fun in the sense of like, I feel like I've arrived at that thing that I've always talked about, which is like being grateful for the miles you get. Don't think about expectations. Just go out there and enjoy the experience. I feel like that's happening occasionally now. Right. And it's like, wait, 
when I thought it was happening before, it wasn't. Like I was going out there and I was expecting a little bit faster or a little bit more out of myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that, I mean, not every run is going to feel great, but the ones that do, if you spend your time just appreciating that it does feel good, then like the one like it's going to happen more frequently yeah. because also the expectation of what a good run means just means that it feels good. It doesn't matter if it's like whatever pace or right. whatever vert or whatever. It's just like, this is awesome because I'm running and I'm moving and it feels good right now. And so being present and being able to just, I'm, I like, it's like I ran five miles. Like you said, I ran 10 miles and it felt good. And so I'm just going to appreciate that. Right. And even if it feels bad, like in a race, you're going to have a bad point, right? Mm-hmm. So if you take that as, yeah, I am training. <laughs> this bad training run is training me for if I get into a bad spot in a race. And and it's good to, I guess it's good to be able to know that that's where you're there and that's what you're taking from it. So um, let's uh, walk the timeline a little bit further and say, okay, now you're in this place, you beginner mindset. And you were mentioning uh, winter is generally treadmill miles for you if you're, if you're in a training block, but what was last winter like? How were you, how were you working through last winter? So last winter um, was a little bit better for me just because I had, I wasn't training with the team that I'm training with right now all the time. Like, Um, but having someone to meet on a couple of the days, um, I did get outside a lot and I remember like just freezing days and really cold stuff, but training on the treadmill, I mean, you, I feel like there's like a certain groove you can get into and then you're just, it, it, it's just like the nature of the beast. Sometimes it can be meditative or like the miles, sometimes, some days the miles flow. It also, I, since I don't come from a running background, it helped teach me pace and it helped, it helps me go faster when I need to go faster. So mostly in the winter, the days I'm on the treadmill are just workout days. Um, or if it's treacherous outside and I really should not go out there. Right. Cause you have to, your workouts are certain speed. Were yeah. you, were you at that point where over the winter you said, now I'm going to start training again and you weren't doing the like just beginner, have fun and enjoy it? Sure, yeah. I decided I wanted to do the Buffalo Marathon again because I really do love that race. And so um, I started, honestly, I bought, I read a couple training books and I picked the one that fit in with my lifestyle and I felt that I could do. And it was the Run Faster program by Brad Hudson and Matt Fitzgerald. And I just, day one started and I just tried to do the best that I could. And so on Tuesdays and Fridays, they were, there were workout days. So then I would just like approximate the paces that I thought that I, well, I knew I just, I wanted to PR in the marathon. So my marathon PR was uh two fifty three. So I know I wanted to PR. So I was going, I wanted to run between six thirty and six twenty. Six twenty was like a good day. Um, so that would be my marathon pace. So then I just sort of made the workouts tailored to that pace mm-hmm. and some of them went well others were a struggle but the good thing about the treadmill is like if you want to run that pace just don't touch the button and you will run that pace so <laughs> or that you're going to be on the floor one of the yeah other. <laughs> so that was good and then also it helps to not be freezing because 
one of my biggest struggles is if I am not warmed up appropriately, then I'll just pull something if I try to run fast outside when it's cold. So the treadmill helps. So, um, and, and again, I like, I like setting context for these things. So when you say you approached it as a beginner mindset and then somebody hears you went three months later from beginner mindset to, I want to run faster than a two fifty six, right? Like, your beginner mindset's a little different because of where your performance was at. You were feeling like a beginner because you were so far away from your normal benchmarks. Would you say that? I think, yeah. I also being a beginner more like I'm willing to try something and fail. So I was willing to try a workout and, and fail. Or I, like I always said, I was willing to chase my friend Chelsea around the track because she's faster than me. and I'm willing to fail. And I, just so that was more the beginner yeah. mindset. I just I was willing to see how it went and to be honest, I'm not professional, I'm not paid. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, being going from just a beginner in the sense that like I haven't run fast like this in 2 years cuz I've been doing ultras. So, it just might take a little bit for that memory to come back, my muscle memory to yeah. come back. Yeah, that makes perfect sense and it's like, you know, you you're you're not um, relying on the things that used to work in the past. You're trying new stuff and being different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely trying just to seeing how people like, because when you're not like in the marathon or half marathon or fast mindset, doing workouts like that are just kind of like, I, I think a lot of ultra runners might avoid stuff like that just because it's, it's not, it's not really what, traditionally when you start ultra running what you would think you'd be doing. And so I just hadn't done that in like two years. So, um, yeah, I just going in as a beginner was like, I don't know what my speed is, but I'll just try. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the workouts in the beginning were Mm effort-based. And so like a minute hard or two minutes hard or like up a hill, three minutes hard. And so that kind of just will gradually get you into the other other stuff. And so you, you coached yourself via, um, the run faster book yeah. to the Buffalo marathon. Yes. All right. And how'd the Buffalo marathon go for you? I mean, good time. <laughs> it went pretty- so it went pretty well on the outside. It looks like it went very, very well. And I was very, very happy with how it turned out. However, I say that knowing how I felt after this past mayor after Hartford and knowing that how I felt after Buffalo, I was like on a fast train. I'm so glad that marathon happened that weekend. Cause I was, I was probably on a fast train to overtraining. I had been just training for like 20 weeks. I think that's how long the program is. So it's a very long program. I, um, which is great, but also I was tired. I was getting tired and, I just don't think I need 20 weeks to train for a marathon anymore. I think 20 weeks of hard training is a lot. And so going into Buffalo, I was tired the week before and I was, I really, I think I tapered well. And I just like, cause I saw myself getting tired and I was, and so I just told myself that the only way you're going to be able to do this is if you rest appropriately. Um, And so I, and then after Buffalo, I was, I just did kind of, I was really tired and I, it took me like a little bit longer to decide what I wanted to do next. And just because also after Buffalo running, coming back to running was a little bit harder. It, I, it didn't feel good for a little bit. And, um, 
I wasn't. I also wasn't sure what direction I wanted to do because I had figured after Buffalo that I would do ultras this summer and go back to doing that because I did miss that and I still do. But when I got at Buffalo, I ended up running a two forty eight, and so being that close to the Olympic trials standard and two women that are local that I didn't train with for Buffalo. But I knew they had hit it, and they were training for another marathon. They sort of were like, you're three minutes away. This is com- this opportunity only comes once every four years. You might as well try. And so it was one of those – it was a combination of doing well at Buffalo and then having people to train with, and then also this opportunity only comes mm-hmm. once every four years. I felt like I might as well try. Right. And so Buffalo, you wanted to PR, yeah. which you did. Yes. Did, did you actually think, like, I might go try to win this marathon? No. No? And I, I don't think I'm quite there yet. So I've talked about this a little bit. Um, when I say I'm, run, like, racing a marathon, or I'm really just running it because I'm not, like, at the level where I know exactly how to race. I think I'm getting there. Um, it showed a little bit at the end of Hartford, but... I don't really put in surges or I don't do like, you don't do race tactics. No, not yet. I'm getting there. Maybe I will. I think it's something that I need to learn as I've only done run three marathons. So I think it's something that comes with experience. (laughs) Um, what? (laughs) It's something that comes with experience. It's it's just, it's great. You only run three marathons, you know? Uh, Yeah. It's I've run four. (laughs) Look at you. You see, you're a racer. Yeah. Um, I put in surges too. One at the first mile of the race and one at the last mile. Surge to the aid station. Yeah. Um, But but it's interesting because you are talking in one in one way. You have this experience of I just qualified for the Olympic trials. Spoiler alert. Um, But then you're like. You're like, I'm so new to all of this. And you're like, I approached it with a beginner mindset, but look at how successful I am. And it's like this, you know, you're at both ends of the spectrum here. And it seems like where you really want to be is in the middle somewhere. I know. I it's know. like your I quest understand. for the middle. <laughs> I, 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 do, I, feel, I feel just very, I try to be very humble about things mm-hmm. because I do feel like I don't have that much experience. I'm still a beginner. And so when I line up at a race... I'll have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H goals. <laughs> like, and all the goals are fine. And all the goals will give me a satisfaction in part of my life. Like if it would be if somebody who goes to an ultra and says, mm, I didn't get the time I wanted, but I nailed my nutrition or something like that. It's like having all these different goals. So sure, my A goal might've been to get the Olympic trial standard, but another goal might've been to run even splits or to negative split or to get all my nutrition in or, you know, having a positive mindset taking in. So, and I think I've gotten a lot better at that this past year of just like little victories everywhere is great. Just anything Mm -hmm. is fine. Just just find a little bit of a, like, thank you in, or like this, this went well, so I can take that to the next one. And yeah. So, um, to go back to your question, I did not think I was going to win the Buffalo Marathon, um, but I love Buffalo, and so uh, just running that, I ran the splits that I thought I could run, and at the end, it just worked out that I won the race. I did not; I was not racing anybody at the end. I was just running what I thought I could run. Mm-hmm. And then, but you, you, um, 
after you won, you made a big deal about, uh, and, and you didn't make a big deal, but one of the things that stands out to me is why is she crying? Why is she crying right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I, cause I only cry like in those situations. Like I don't cry really in my life or in my life. Cause running isn't my life. Uh, it was just so overwhelming one because Buffalo is kind of a hometown city. Like everybody who lives in Buffalo loves Buffalo. So it was that it was, did I really just win this race? It was, I completed a whole training cycle and I'm not injured. It was just so many things just going through my head, just like, and if I could pick one marathon to win, it was Buffalo. And it was just like, did I just peak? Is this, <laughs> this is what peaking is. And I've since said that like four times this past year. Like, I think this is the peak. This is the peak. This is peak Ellie. And, um, so yeah, I just, it was so much emotion because I had been training for 20 weeks the week before I felt, didn't feel that great. And so it was just, everything was just coming. Like, did this really just happen to me? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, that was why I was crying. It was just all the things coming into me and just, I had to let it go. Yeah. That was a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I thought I was going to cry at the end of Hartford, but I didn't, it wasn't as, Uh, it wasn't like Buffalo. Act like you've been there before, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) I did. I, well, I cried a little bit, like when I saw my sister at the finish line. And then I, when I was like in the bathroom, like I was in the porta potty and I just remember sitting down, just like crying. And I was like, oh, this is, I don't think it gets any better than this. Crying in a porta potty. Yeah, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's a big deal. You go out and you, you come from this place where you're feeling ho-hum and you're not sure. And you decide to, you know, rip off the bandaid, start over again train yourself and win a marathon. Like I didn't decide to win the marathon. Well, I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Nobody faster showed up that day. Um, but that's like, okay, I could see how you'd be like, where do I go from here? And then you talk to a few friends and you decide where you're going is maybe we're going to try for the Olympics. Olympic trials. So I have to correct a lot of people. I know. But is that, is that where that, did that happen after Buffalo or did does does this come later after more stuff? I think it actually happened after many on the Jenny, which is ironic because that's a 40 mile race, but that was actually really fun. And, and now the relationship in time between Buffalo marathon and many on the Jenny. Like a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't need 20 weeks to train anymore. I know. I was, I, and it, it, I could definitely tell I had not been running ultras that year. Cause the last 10 miles of that race were a walk. Yeah. And, um, but I did, it was just, I remembered why I loved running and why it didn't matter how fast I was going, that I was going to do this no matter what, but it just took a little bit after I needed to let myself recover emotionally and physically from Buffalo. Cause I, that's another reason I cried. It was just so much and it just took me a while. And, um, and then I ran many and it went, I mean, it went good for the first 20 miles and then, um, the second 20 were awful, but it, I did like, just remember why I just love running. And I know that ultras will always be there. So I don't, I thankfully haven't felt too much fear missing out this year, just because I know I everything is going to be there when I'm ready to run it. You have, I don't know what you're missing out on. Cause we got like five other races to talk about. And some of them are ultras. I know. So. <laughs> I know. And those were like, yeah. Uh, that was fun too. But so many on the Jenny, your last 20 miles was a struggle, Yes, but you're in the woods, yeah. right? And you're, are you at that point, are you like, 
grumbling about ultras or why did I sign up for this? Or are you actually just, it's a physical struggle. What, what is your mindset coming off a person who won a marathon? Now you're walking up a hill in the woods. Because part of, I just love, like, it's going to sound morbid, but I just like pain and suffering. I, it's just, it's the only time that I really, not the only time, but it's one of the times that I feel the most alive and I like doing hard things. So yeah, it was a very big struggle. And I mean, with the rain year, it was so muddy and just places that I cruised through the year before I was slopping through, but I just like it. And I also, and it restored to me just what, how running can feel good and it can. And so the community is great. And I don't just, I just, it just renewed my appreciation for our, for the sport. And, you know, I think after that race, I must've just gotten talked into just try one more marathon. It's just, and then you can go back to ultras. And that's just what I kept telling myself, just one more marathon and then go back to doing ultras or just, you know, yeah. So the, so the, the 20 last 20 miles being terrible was really because you weren't performing the way you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, not even, cause I didn't have any expectations. It was yeah. just, well, I'm trying slog. to discern. I, I like, like, like we talked about earlier, I like going fast. Yeah. I like running and I was not running and, right. but it wasn't really because of me. It was more like I, it was two it feet was of a mud. Little, it was a little wet. <laughs> it was a little wet out there. But, um, and that's how I'm trying to discern between the like ultra it's terrible, which is why we do it. Cause part of it's always going to be terrible, right? The type two fun, mm-hmm. the, the fun where it's fun having been done it. Yes. <laughs> right. That was really great that we did that. Yeah. I don't want to go back into it, but it's really great that we did it versus what it's like to push your body as you're running fast in a marathon trying to keep a pace. That's also terrible <laughs> to me. Ugh. Right. But like, so, I, uh, you know, there's, but there's a different, there's the same cause you do both, but it's a little different. I'm running fast. I'm on my pace. This hurts really hard to keep going versus this is our eight of this slog through the mud. Yeah. You know? They're they're Yeah. They're different, but both beautiful in, the, in some <laughs> weird way. <laughs> Um, all right. So we've reached June of 2019. You've run two races. You've won two races. <laughs> I don't think I raced in July. So, well, there's that. So oh, well, yeah, actually that's a lie. So I did, uh, that four season challenge that is put on in Rochester. You had to do shoreline, right? Yeah. I had to do that. Yeah. That was a good time. <laughs> so, we so, so we're in August. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so now though you're, so you decide, have you decided that you're going to run another marathon? You yes. said it was after many on the yes. journey. So we had started training. All right. So August now, we're like in the thick of training. So let's get into this group that you're talking about. You're talking about this group of wonder girls that yeah. is, that like you've been training with. So what's going on there? Uh, you know, I feel like we, they decided to run twin cities, which is a week before Hartford. I decided to run Hartford because I could bring my sister and they set you up really nice. I didn't have to fly and it just seemed like a nice race. So who's they? Let's start there. Okay. So Chelsea Benson and Bailey Drews. There are two other women. Chelsea runs for Red New as well. Bailey sort of does. I, I don't, that's just our group. And mm-hmm. so uh, ba- uh, Chelsea's in her 30s. Bailey's my age. And we just met 
started meeting each other on Tuesdays and fr- and Saturdays and sometimes other days during the week when we had time. Tuesdays and Saturdays were our workout days. Sundays was a long run. And I, Chelsea has a coach, and I just pirated her plan. Oh. And that was my strategy. <laughs> so, and so, so you get to Buffalo with Matt Fitzgerald, yeah. and now, now you're going to Hartford with Chelsea. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I really, I just... Meeting someone, meeting those people on Tuesdays and uh, Saturdays, it was the best time of the week. Like, I love doing workouts and um, just going to some place and just running with people that are a little faster than me. So it was like, that's possible. Like, I could actually do that. I remember one time we ran like a 5'11 mile and I was like, that just happened? Oh, my God. Like, and so just seeing their progress and just believing that I could do it too, or just believing that this was fun. And I knew I was getting faster in some way. I still didn't know if I could qualify for the trials because to be honest, they were still a pipe dream, but meeting Bailey and Chelsea and Luca, another, a guy that would come with us too, uh, was, it benefited all of us exponentially. So yeah. So, so you had a group of four. Yes. Right. And you've never been a group runner. Like, do you go to group runs on just a regular day I and hang don't. out and pal around? It's never really worked out with my schedule. So we all just found, we've, we've known about each other for a while, just being local Ithaca women, but we made a concentrated effort this past season to run together and do workouts together and just build each other up. And I read an article a while ago about the Shalane effect and how just training with other people, it does make you better. Mm-hmm. And I think once you get over the competitiveness, cause we're not really competitive with each other, even in workouts, like we just run the splits yeah. and we just do it together. And I mean, Bailey and Chelsea ran their whole marathon together in twin cities. Um, so once you get over like, being like feeling like you have to compete or feeling like you're slower or whatever. It's really fun. And just going and being with other people, it makes the miles makes the workouts really fun. And you can, and for me, cause I'm, I was still a beginner relatively. I, it's like you blow your own mind every week. You're like, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just did that. Oh my God. Like, and so that was a huge for us. And so, yeah, I mean, we're planning to train for the trials together. So, yeah, that's great. And I do think there's a huge group effect. I mean, there absolutely is. Um, so many people talk about, and I looked down at my watch and we were cruising, you know, like, cause you get lost with that person. And, and even if you're not talking and even if you're not actually looking at each other, there's still something about like that shared experience. Um, and there's dragging your butt out when you don't really want to run or when you think you're not doing so great, but yet you're keeping up with that person that, you know, is super fast. And you're like, wait, I am doing great. You know? There's, there's so much to a group and we talk a lot. Um, we were talking earlier today about, um, the perception of, should you always be doing good, right? Like you're not always going to be doing good. And so when you have that group and you see the person that you admire and you're like, they're bulletproof, but then you see them struggle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, watching Chelsea like throw up on the side of the track and you're like, Oh, at least I don't feel that bad. Um, (laughs) it's, it's just, it humanizes people that you really look up to. And I still look up to them and I, and 
I mean, I hope they can say the same thing about me because we all bring something a little bit different. Right. And it, it, it like the biggest thing was it made me believe things were possible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just, you're in your box and you don't think that you can get any better or you just, I only do things this way or whatever. But I mean, it, I mean, I pirated her plan. Like, so it's, it wasn't built for me. I just showed up. And yeah. so and I'm going to do the same thing again. So <laughs> ain't no shame. I, 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 I since have like met her coach and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> by the way. And then he's like, Oh sure. If you have any questions, I'm like, oh, yeah. great. Um, but yeah, the group training with the, the group was, amazing and now i'm like hopefully we can like recruit some other people some more women to come join us and so yeah it was it was basically i couldn't have asked for a better group even though i thought i was crazy running 50ks during this training. so that's <laughs> you you see that's why we're in, you anticipated my next question so you're training with this group you're on doing track workouts you're running 551 miles and you're talking about um the hartford and then you're like, I'm going to swing by Green Lakes real quick and just knock out this 50K. You guys all right with that? I mean, we all do different things. So it was more like I remember that week because it was the week before Green Lakes and it was that Tuesday and we were at the track and we were cooling down from this track workout. And Chelsea was like, oh, so I'll see you guys Saturday at Cast Park at 7. So that's where we would usually meet. And I was like, oh, no, I got something else to do. I'm not going to be able to be there. So you guys don't need to like plan a schedule around me. Oh, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to Green Lakes and running a race. And so, oh, how long? Mm-hmm. It's like a couple miles, like 50K. And she was like, oh, like I could tell. I was like, yeah, just like in the, oh, the, what Chelsea would do. And she's like, she, if I had told her earlier, she probably would try to talk me out of it. But I was like, gotta go, guys. Like, <laughs> so, um, no, she's very supportive and great. But she's also very, um, balanced in that she she doesn't have the ultra runner gotta race all the things she has the oh i think oh, you ran out of your little limit there yeah, that's, okay. that's okay great um, sorry to cut you off no but. it's okay <laughs> uh and so she's very supportive but also she does not have the ultra runner fear of missing out race all the things she's like pick a goal and do your goal and do do things that lead up to that goal so running a 50k in the midst of marathon training isn't really it's not exactly traditional and so but I wanted to do it just for fun and I and so I went out and ran Green Lakes and I PR'd at Green Lakes which was nice Mm -hmm. and um I ended up winning overall which was also nice but the rollout after that was even nicer (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, yeah, so you show up for a 50K and you're in the middle of marathon training. And what was your goal in that 50K? Just to run fast for a long time? Not even run fast. I just wanted to go out and scratch my trail itch. That's what I said. I, I, when I agreed to do, when I decided to do the marathon training, I said, I know that there's going to be a couple times when I just want to go and run some trails and rip some long miles and just have a good time out there. And so this was just seemed like a good opportunity. The day was beautiful. It's close. So that's really the only, I did not want to run fast and I didn't really for the first three laps. I just was, I felt good. So I'm a very, if I feel good, I'll just see where the day goes. I felt good for the first three laps. Um, But then on the fourth lap, when I, uh, was told that the first place person was like four minutes up. 
that didn't, I mean, I, I might have increased my speed a little bit, but mostly I was just like, I'm just here to have fun. I'm having a good day. I'm sitting in third. That's fine. But then when I saw him at the last aid station, I was like, not today. And mm-hmm. I just ripped it and I just started sprinting and it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah. That had to feel pretty good to like, again, you're in the front and you don't have, you don't have expectations and, and you're performing. Yeah, and also I love it when I have legs at the end of a race. There's nothing better than like, I just ran 27 miles and I can still rip it. And that feels really good. And I've been lucky the past couple races that I've had, except for the Rochester Half Marathon where I bombed that. But everything else, I um, I had legs at the end. And it feels so good to be able to run at the end and not feel like you're dying. When I'm taking pictures of you, you're supposed to keep going. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we don't like dead air on podcasts, you know. <laughs> I, can, I can keep talking. Well, no, I was taking, we have to do the show art for the show. Right, and, right. You know, so now I got one. All right, good. So we're good, you know. And What's in the show is in the show, so everybody will know is what happened. Yeah, that my live stream <laughs> ended. and Yeah. Um, so you had these legs and you went out and you won the race. Yeah. So we talked about you crying at the end of this race or at the end of Buffalo. You weren't crying at the end of Green Lakes though. No, I was not crying at the end of Green Lakes because they, uh, most people probably know this by now, but they didn't have an award for a woman to win outright. They had a first overall, which they assumed was going to go to a male. And then they had the first overall female. Well, plot twist, that was me, so I got two awards. Right, so so in reality, what they didn't have was first overall male, first overall woman. Yes. They just had first overall and first overall woman. Now, I've met Tim a couple times, and Tim's definitely not a guy that's like, okay, well, only men can win this race. No, no. But it, it kind of shows a little something about, like, just, I don't know, just a, it's it's not a specific thing, but it's a kind of a cultural thing, right? Like, well, we got first overall winner and Hey, Oh, the women are also running this race. We should have an award for them too. And I know that's not the thought that went into it, but that's just almost like tradition. It's cultural. It's like you have a scientist and then you have a female scientist, you know? So, or you have a doctor and then you have a female doctor. It's not like doctor and male doctor, you know, or it's not just doctor. There's a designation for if it's a woman and it does cast it in a, in a particular light. So after the race, I, um, I remember I tweeted the picture of me with both of these, pictures and it got picked up by runner's world, which was pretty cool. And so spoiler, I was written about in runner's world for the online magazine and not, not in the sense of accomplishment, but in the sense of the conversation is starting to change for women. And I am very proud to be part of that conversation. And I think it's, it's, what I hope doesn't happen is that it paints Tim in a crummy light as in like, look at this race director who didn't think about these things. I like it more as the other way as like, look at us as um, running community, realizing that we're all running these races. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that conversation better as like, rather than somebody having to be the villain and somebody being the hero, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think so much um, reluctance against change is that, 
I don't, I don't subscribe to in order to change something has to be wrong. No, it can just be that something is better. Yeah. Right. And so you don't have to, you don't have to have like a villain or somebody doing evil in order to say the way we're doing it now is better. Yeah. It's just a, it's just minor improvement. Yeah. And, and well, it's a major improvement oh, really. Well, sure. Right? Yeah. It's just, we're all just trying to do a little bit better. And now next year there will probably be different awards. And I mean, he's not the only one that's done that, but now, but through this, that's a catalyst for other mm-hmm. race directors to change or just other policies to change. And I, that's really exciting because, oh. I mean, we think we're this, we're very progressive. We're like the 21st century. We're very just, everybody's so open-minded, mm-hmm. but you don't realize how deep these cultural, societal gender norms go. Yep. And so it definitely that doing the article, when I was approached by Runner's World, I wasn't going to do it actually in the beginning because I ride the fine line, especially with social media of tooting my own horn too much and just over uh, extending my accomplishments because one, I, I run for me, not for accomplishments or for uh, accolades or for money. I run because I like it. And two, It's, I don't like to be in the spotlight any more than the 10 minutes after I win a race. I don't want it to go on for very long because I just get back to my normal life. But thinking about um, just the cultural impact that this could have and if other women had suffered, not suffered, had experienced the same thing, it's just a lot more, uh, I just felt compelled to do it just because also living in Ithaca on the East coast, we're not as exposed as other races that are on the West coast and, uh, running for red newt. I wanted to talk about, uh, running for our team, maybe encourage some other women to join our team. And it just felt like the right thing to do both for myself and for, um, women's running in general, I guess. Yeah. And I think the way you did it, there's so much on the internet, right? The way you did it is not necessarily the way everybody interpreted it and understood it. And that's what happens, right? It gets Mm -hmm. chewed up and spit out and retweeted and, Hey, look at this girl crushing all these guys. Sure. Some people thought it was like the first time it had ever happened. And I was like, no, No. women went, went outright all the time. Yeah, It's just the, I think the picture and then also having a little bit of a social media presence that I do have, it just sort of might've been the right mix. It wasn't anything that no one's done before. It wasn't, it wasn't extremely groundbreaking. It was sort of just like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's good. It's good to have the message out there. I remember a couple of years ago when um, there was a a little bit of a deal being made about uh, Vermont 100 and they gave, top 10 prizes to men and only top five prizes to women. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Oh, look at how Vermont's treating women, you know, badly and it should be equal. And the race director who is a woman woman. came out and, and she said, well, it's proportionate to the number of participants in the race. Right. And so there's this many men, we give this percentage of prizes. There's this many women, we give this percentage of prizes. If there was a larger percentage of women, they'd have a larger percent of prizes. And so the, the dialogue switches to, well, how do we get a larger percent of women to be running ultras? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think 
her motivations were pure and clear, and this is why she made the decision. But anybody can on the internet can throw a judgment anywhere, right? Oh, sure. And, and so it's like she, everybody's going to do things differently. And mm-hmm. if you don't agree with what she's doing, don't run her race. Yeah. Or there's another know. race that weekend. And so every race director is going to, some are going to have goo with their aid station, some are going to have M&Ms. If, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, pick your, like, yeah. you can choose to run a different race, spend your money, vote with your dollar and spend your money where you want, to, where you right. believe in what they're doing rather than complain and still give money to this organization. Yeah. And the other thing you can do is have a conversation. Why is it that you're doing this, right? Like, Hey Tim, why is it that you didn't have this uh, award? Well, I never thought about it before and now I am. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Why do you give less prizes to women? Well, here's the rationale before, you know, um, I think in ultras, especially in some of the ultras I've been at, I've been extremely surprised by how many women are there. And I'm like, yay for this race. What is this race doing that other races aren't that drives women participating? You know, is it accessibility? Is it their marketing? Is it the community around them? What is getting that drive to happen? And I I like those conversations, like I said, more than this person's wrong. Let's all beat them up and say, now we're doing it different. Let's just do it different. Right. You know, like so, anyway. So Green Lakes was good. Yeah. Good <laughs> um, and then, um, all right. So you're you're done now. No more ultras, right? You're just gonna go. That's what I thought. <laughs> but then Green Lakes went really well, and I had such a good time. So I just decided to sign up for Water Gap, which Water Gap 50k is a red newt race, and it's one of the most beautiful, good first 50ks for anybody who's thinking about it. It's on the Delaware Water Gap, which is in Milford, Pennsylvania. It's not in Delaware. Thank you very much, Ian Golden. I know it's not in Delaware. And so it's a really, it's a wonderful race. And I, that was my first 50K. And so I kind of just felt this, like, maybe I could PR again. And so I went down to the Delaware Water Gap and wouldn't you know, I won that race outright too. So <laughs> it sounds so like weird to say, I just don't know. So, um, what was your goal going in the water? Camp? I wanted to PR in the race. That's was really my goal. And so at green lakes, I ran just South of four hours and that was a PR. And then I just knew that, the Delaware Water Gap, the course is relatively easy and benign and it's beautiful. So I just said, why don't you go out and try and just like every ultra and almost every race, I just sort of feel how the day goes. And so honestly, I this I wouldn't advise this, but I was at the race start and I felt good like just standing there at the start line and I was, and the weather was perfect. And so I was like, I'm just going to take it out. And so I took it out like a rocket and I ran like seven minute miles for the whole race, (laughs) except for on that stupid single track. I don't know why Ian put that in there. That really messed up my flow, but, um, and it went really well and I PR'd again and it was great. (laughs) And there, and thankful. And there weren't any prize mess ups because the prizes from Ian are like, a bag of tailwind that looks like cocaine. So no mess ups. Yeah. It's not even men or women's tailwind. No, it's just, it's just white. You're like, what is this Ian? Why is it in the back of your car? (laughs) Did your wife know? Yeah. (laughs) You have a family. Why are you doing this? 
that's why. That's why. <laughs> Times are tough. So, uh, hmm. <laughs> so what do your training partners think about this? Um, you know, now they just they're like it's like anything. Like if they were going to do something like that, I would just be like, "Cool. I hope it goes good for you." So now it's just all right, that's just what Ellie does. And so I'd rather go longer than shorter. And um, so they were just like, all right, see you Tuesday. And so like, honestly, I would just, I just jumped right back into workouts because I felt like this marathon cycle, I really recovered really well. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I need to write a blog post about this actually, because there it's not for anyone else than myself just to remember what I did right mm -hmm. and what I want to bring into the next cycle. Right. And so you were saying a, a little while back, like you were on the verge of overtraining and you were a little concerned that, you know, um, I did 20 weeks and that was a really hard training cycle. And you know, you, you might be close to the edge now you're training for a really fast marathon, but you ran two ultras in the middle of that. Yeah. So, um, so what are you doing that's different? Well, when I decided to run Hartford and train for in the marathon, I told myself that I was going to give myself every opportunity to succeed, like nothing stupid. I was going to sleep more than I thought I needed. I was going to eat more than I thought I needed. I was going to do like the little things like get into the gym and just do mobility. It's I'm not throwing around huge weights. I don't get sore. I just do little mobility exercises every day. I was going to foam roll. I was going to say no to things that I one didn't want to do that I had felt obligated to do, but I'd rather put my feet up and rest than go to another job or go do this. And I did those things because I knew that the only way I would get to Hartford healthy is if I did those things it's because running two marathons at a high level in, in a year, I think is a lot. I understand why elites don't really do it or, or they might only just do two and they have all the tools at their disposal. So us working 50 hours a week and doing these things, it's even more important for when I'm not working at my job and not running to just be doing things that are relaxed, easy, and also make me happy. So I made that agreement with myself and I like just remembered that the whole cycle, just extra sleep. I averaged eight to, or nine to 10 hours a night. Like, and, um, I just made sure my nutrition was on point. I don't mean getting all the, I mean, I tried to get all the vitamins and nutrients, but I just mean eating enough or eating more just to make sure, because I was not going to go to that race and be under fueled or not give myself a chance. And giving yourself a chance isn't just like, all right, I'm going to try to run at this pace and see if I can do it. It's also like making sure that everything else is also in line with mm. what your goals are. So what's the point in going into a workout or going into um, a long run or the race itself tired or under fueled or weak? And so I did all those things. And so I'm just going to keep doing those things because it worked. <laughs> it seems to have worked out. Yeah. Well. But you seem to just get a little bit serious just a second ago when you were talking about giving yourself a chance. Like, yeah, like I, it seemed like it really like differently than I'm going to work real hard. Like it, there, there's something else. And like, it's almost like you made a real solid promise to yourself somewhere. Yeah, I think that. 
in the past, uh, and especially when ultra running, because there's always you can always there's that underlying adage like you can always run more or always do. It's always more in like the running or like something like that. Whereas giving myself a chance this time meant like not doing more training in the running sense. It meant being more diligent with training in the recovery sense, in the sleeping, in the eating, in the getting into the gym, in the foam rolling. So giving myself a chance, it also, it made it real because I sort of needed to like believe that what I was doing would get me to my goal, like taking off the extra work that I was doing. It's like we talked about earlier. It was just giving myself the chance sort of made it more real, even though I'm at which then the imposter syndrome comes because I'm not a professional, but I still want to do well. So I guess it was sort of taking the chance on myself. Like I'm going to let these things go, make sure I'm doing these things and see if it gets me to my goal. Right. So giving yourself a chance and doing those other things, there's another side where you're sacrificing some things that maybe you would have been doing in the past, right? And saying no to a few things that maybe would have been nice to say yes to, but you knew that they weren't going to give you a chance to qualify for the Olympic trials. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I like giving myself the chance just meant like, you know, just doing this like stupid little things that, elites talk about, but the runner, the everyday runner, like I consider myself that we're just like, ah, oh, that's just cause they're elite. It's like, well, it actually might work. And so maybe you should try it, but then trying it is like, oh, do I really think I'm that good that I should do all these things and like put this on hold because I'm this like runner. So it's that imposter syndrome. That's always kind of right there. And it's, and but I sort of just had to ignore that imposter syndrome for a little while and just like, yeah, maybe treat yourself like a semi-elite athlete and just do the do those things that is might necessarily be running 100 miles a week, but it's sleeping and it's, you know, staying off your feet and it's like eating good food and it's going to the gym. So, yeah, those those little things were just giving myself a chance. Right. And um you uh you talked about, you keep saying the imposter syndrome and, and I get that you've only run three marathons, right? Yeah. Like I get that now because, well, a lot of people are, what do you mean? Right. They, cause they see your social media and they're like, well, you're a runner and you're fast and look at you in winning marathons. Of course, this is where you're supposed to be. Why would you think you're not supposed to be there? I think this is the conversation that I think a lot of women in my position and especially going to the trials that were that we that needs to happen it's we're not elite but we're also put a lot of our extra time and energy into this thing that we love and so we're in that void that that area where running isn't paying our bills but we're still good but we're not like 220. So it's like, should I really be taking all this time for this thing when it's not really paying? I mean, sometimes it pays, but not 
the whole bucket. Like you got you, so we still have jobs, and so it's it's a very strange position, just because I guess semi elite or even you know we're in this space where running is a huge part of our life but it's not like our whole life because it can't be our whole life because we still have to work 40 hours. We still have like other obligations. So I, I'm really interested, especially now because a lot of women have qualified and we're all coming from different areas and different, we have a different perspective of how we got here because it's just different for us than it is for the elite runner. And it's different for us than it is for somebody who hasn't, who hasn't qualified for this for and isn't doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were just talking about um, earlier today, there's four women from the Ithaca area that have qualified for the trials. I know. Right. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. We actually, I just talked to Amelia <clears throat> at the running store about um, getting shirts because not only did, have we run pretty well, but um, at Wine Glass, a couple of our guys that we would train with every once in a while, we'd catch a long run and stuff. They just did got like one got 229, the other one got 233 at Wine Glass, which is crazy. So we really want to get these shirts that um, if you're, let me preface this, if you are from the Ithaca area, you know there's these shirts that say Ithaca is gorgeous. I almost wore mine today. Ithaca is cold or Ithaca is wizards. That'll be next weekend. Well, we want to get one that just says Ithaca is fast. <laughs> because it's true. Yeah. We have like some good people here. And I didn't want to like press this idea until if, until I got the standard. Cause I was like, can't do it yet. You know, that's too much. <laughs> but now I'm like, we need these yeah. shirts. I thought you were going to say Ithaca is runners. No, no. <laughs> I like Ithaca's fast. Cause it we is. all are. It and is. everyone is. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's really interesting to, uh, I had been talking with, um, I was talking with somebody at Cayuga about the Tom B race and I'm like, that's, um, that's got some good climbing in it. It's got, it's a nice race on a double track, but everybody there is really fast. <laughs> it's like, you know, or like the Danby race, it's fast, right? Like all the races around here are fast, but like the tortoise and the hare, like I ran that and I thought, Hey, let's just run. And everybody's like, yeah. So they're pulling up their socks and oh, they're yeah. running fast. And I'm like, it's fast around here. It is. Yeah. It is. It's great. I mean, I feel so lucky. Like I couldn't, I like, I am so glad that I've started to take advantage of the fast people around. Like now I, especially working here at Island, if I see someone that I think might be a runner or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, want to go for a run tomorrow? And so it's really, it's great. And, yeah. um, so yeah, we're really lucky. It's kind of, I mean, sometimes I, the only time I really get FOMO is, um, when I see like the Rochester running, cause you guys have tons of groups and stuff and it looks so much fun just to go and like hang out and just run yeah. with people. But, um, I, I definitely love my groups too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we, it goes fast. And I mean, four people from this very small town are going to the trials. And so that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really great. Ooh, so let's talk about getting to the trials. All right. Oh <laughs> so an hour in and now we are at Hartford. Hey, you know, <laughs> what? you don't show the end of the movie at the beginning. I know. You, know? <laughs> you got to get there. Um, you know, you got to care about the character. You know? Yeah. Um, so you're coming off a water gap. You, you run in fast 50 Ks. Um, but you know, you're, you're ready, right? Did you felt like you were ready? 
some days I did. So um, I had a half marathon in this buildup, and it was, to be honest, not a great performance. I uh, it was basically picture perfect of how not to run away, run a race. Like this is how you lose a race. This is what you do. Um, I took it out way too fast. I was running like five thirty nines for the first eight miles, and then I totally fizzled out. I was winning. The woman that ended up winning passed me in mile 13. It was, mm. oh, it was classic. <laughs> but honestly, it, like, I am at the point, like I said before, I wasn't too beat up about it. I mean, I ran a 122, so and not great, not like world class, but not bad. And I also, like, I ended, it sort of just ended up being like a long run, normal Saturday workout. So like I ran the first eight miles fast and then I just sort of like 630, 640 cooled down. That's what, that's what I was meant to do, you know? And, um, so that was not, so that was basically like not exactly indicative of an Olympic trials qualifying marathon because technically if you doubled that time, I would have been like just around 245, but that's like doubling a half marathon. So, um, but I knew I didn't run that smart also. So I kind of was like, well, it didn't really like, it didn't really amp up my sales or pull me down. It was just right. like, I had to do that because it was the last race in that four season challenge. So whatever. Um, and going up to the race, I said, like, especially in the taper week, I was like, well, this is what you got. So you just got to give yourself the chance, like just line up, you know, you want to run about six fifteen pace. Just try to do that for as long as you can. Make sure you take in all your nutrition, make sure you stay off your feet the day before and keep sleeping and just basically give yourself the chance. And so that's kind of how I lined up at Hartford. Hmm. And, um, you mentioned your toe. We haven't talked about your toe yet. Oh, yeah. So where was your toe in the lead up? Where was your toe going through water gap? And so the worst, so I ended up getting an infected blister on my toe. It was a good time. And I thought that my toe was broken. This was probably between Green Lakes and Water Gap. I still ran on it, but it was extremely painful. And I was like, well, there goes the Olympic trial. That was the only time I was like, well, there it goes. I just, I probably broke my toe. And, but I thankfully got that cleaned up. My feet are just very oddly shaped and it's just a struggle keeping me in shoes. Like I now, I actually am known a little bit in some, in some of my running circles as, oh yeah, the feet. Like I just have a weird, weird Ellie feet. The foot. The weird feet. Um, <laughs> And so, but thankfully I was smart and I started wrapping it and started putting more, um, like lubrication on the area. And so by the race, it was fine and okay. now it's fine. And now I'll just keep doing that. But it was a little concerning for about two, three weeks, but then I just have since then gotten smart about it. And so my toes and feet are good now. <laughs> so you went in the Hartford feeling trained feeling like there were no injuries, but you had that little lingering half marathon in the back, but you knew you did good work all the way up to the race. Yes. All right. And also like, call me crazy, but 245 is fast. And I had <laughs> ran a 248. That's three minutes. That's a long time. Like mm -hmm. I still 
any like any run over 10 miles still a long run any like pace under seven still fast so like that's a fast time and I just was like conceptually like wrapping your head around that is really hard to do so I just didn't do it I was just like just each mile 615 and then do the next mile and 615 and then the next. And it's funny because um, I've heard this described like, what are you thinking about when you're running that fast for that long? I don't know. We just like, it's still like the day before the race, I was still like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get up to 615 pace, let alone run that for 26 (laughs) miles. But you know, I standing on the start line, I found a couple other women who we all wanted to run around the standard. And so we just decided, all right, we're going to stick together and run 615 pace and see how it goes. And that's what we did. And so what's that like? Um, so you you went to Hartford as as an elite, right? In yes. that In that regard, like you get the premium starting position yes. sort of thing. So did my sister. She loved that. She's like, we're elite. She said that she, bu- she busted that out like, a few times that day and it was great. I, I thought that was so funny. Just her like we're elite. <laughs> like, yeah, Holding up her little badge. Yeah, yeah. Elite badge. She still has it. Nice. So do you go up and do you look at the start line and decide, Am I gonna stand on the start line? Because you don't you don't have many people to compete against, right? Where how do you decide where you're gonna line up on the race? Uh I just sort of like I mean really just around the front. Like, I mean, in a race like that, I didn't like, they sort of shuffled us there. And so I just, I sort of just stand next to the women that I think I'm going to run with. Hmm. And so we had decided we were going to run together. So I was like, let's, you know, we just start here. Let's figure it out. I mean, I guess I was supposed to like do like a 10 minute warm up, but I didn't, I just, I was going to ask like, how do you get there? Do you, you just get your banana and your oatmeal and your peanut butter and then get on your way? Uh, I had picky oats actually. Uh So, I'm not sponsored, but I could be Lauren and Jesse. Come on. Uh, I actually ate picky oats the night before and the morning of uh, the race. But no, we ate in the hotel room and then we just walked to the start, basically. And it was like super easy. And I'm really thankful because the beginning of races can be stressful. And I didn't want my like, I honestly just did not want my sister to stress out because I brought her and it was really great. And I'm so glad that she came with me. She was running the half. And so I just wanted basically everything for her to be okay. And for her to feel comfortable because I still feel guilty a little bit asking someone to come with me to a race that they're not doing, even though she was doing it, but she was still like, you know, there. So I'm just thankful that they had everything for us there, but yeah, so basically they shuffled us. A few people were running around, but I was like, why? I can warm up in the first mile. It's fine. But but you got to get 6.15 in that first mile or you're off pace. Yeah, we did it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm still learning. It was my third one. Come on. All right. All right. So your 6.15s gets you to 2.45. It gets me under. So it yep. gave me a little cushion. Right. So you ran way under. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, way is like three minutes. That's way because you just said three minutes from a two forty eight to a two forty five is way. I know. So you ran a six minute PR. Yeah. <laughs> so so when you say the the two forty five to two two forty eight to two forty five is a lot of minutes, and then I say two forty five to two forty one is a lot of minutes. You go nah. Okay, it is, but it is, like, it's the same number of minutes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um. So we started running, and um, basically, 
we were under pace and, but I felt good. And as long as, as long as I kept taking in water at every water and noon at every aid station and taking in my goose, I was feeling pretty good. Um, and I was talking to the women, to the woman next to me and we had a little pod for a little while. It was me and two other women and like three guys and we were running together and we were like, just, it wasn't like talking like we are right now it was more like, okay, that was good. Like, let's keep it up. And then I was like, I, I watched the course preview twice. And so I was just like, let's get to mile 14. And then that's a, like an out and back and we can just roll them and just stick around here. And we have a good cushion in case we need to slow down or whatever. So we're doing that and it's working out pretty well. Um, I'm running with now our group had sort of disbanded a little bit. And the only person that was left was me and this other woman, Heidi, who we ended up running most of the race together. And we get to about mile 20 and, um, uh, the whole race about a half mile ahead was Kate Pilardi, who's an ultra runner. She's very good. And we had saw her, but our goal was, we told each other just the standard, that's it. And well, we get to mile 20 and, and again, I've never raced. I don't really race marathons. I'm sort of still at the point where I'm running for a time. And I, we get to mile 20, and I remember telling her, like, let's – we had started to reel her in a little bit. Like, she was getting closer. And um, she was third at that point, and there were still two women ahead of her. Um, and so then at mile 20, I just said, why don't we st- – like – I still might need a couple more miles, but we could probably reel her in. But if we pass, we need to pass and mean it. We can't pass and act like we're struggling. We just have to pass her. And she's like, okay, I don't think I'm ready either, so let's just keep going. So we kept reeling her in and reeling her in. And by mile 23, she was probably about 20 yards ahead. And I just looked at the woman next to me and I said, I'm going to go get her and follow me if you can. And she said, okay, she said, she'll try. And so then I just took off and I caught Kate at about mile 23 and a half and I passed her. And then she was right behind me though. Like she stayed with me, even though I did pass her like, and I wasn't, I just kept going. And then we passed the second place woman. And then we just kept running together and she was a little bit behind me, but we were both basically like together and then at mile about mile 26 actually she passed she caught up and passed me and then ended up finishing like a couple seconds ahead of me at mile 26.2 um but the good thing is i didn't give up i that's what i told myself i remember at, at that moment when she passed me i was like it does not matter if she wins just do not give up and so I didn't give up and my last three miles were five fifty fives and I just was like, What's going on? But it it happened. So and I ended up getting third, which is Wow pretty awesome. Yeah. Wow. So what was the uh, what's the whole don't let her don't let her pass you thing? How'd that happen? Um there was um Kate Kate had read a wrote a post that said, Don't let her beat you. Right. And you had had a post where you were yelling something at the end. I thought like the two of you sort of, was that all internal? Oh, you're yelling. Yeah. In, so you're yelling when I passed her at mile 23, I'm going to swear. Cause this is what happened. <laughs> I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> and we, we just took off. She's like, I'll try. And I was like, we got, we can go, let's go. And so, um, and I just like, I took off and I was hoping she was, was like, I wasn't, I know that running with somebody is like, somehow it's easier psychologically mm-hmm. to run with somebody. So yeah. I knew she was right there. And so it was just one of those things where 
we just sort of pulled each other along. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it was like, honestly, mile 22, 26.2 was like a straight up hill. And I remember her looking at me like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I was just like, yep, not ideal at this point. But uh, she uh, she passed me right there. And um, then I just tried to hold on as, be- as best as I could, but I didn't slow down. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was some pretty good camaraderie. And then I remember we finished and she just like, grabbed onto me and I was just like, not a bad day for the ultra runners. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I know. Well, that, and that's great. Like, and you sort of pulled her into second as she pulled you into third. Mm-hmm. If only second place would have had somebody to run with. Huh? I know. Seriously. <laughs> that's pretty great though. So you did race. Like, I know that's the first time I've ever raced like an actual race race. <laughs> I don't know. It's, and it was pretty cool. And it, I, was, it was really only a 5k that you, yeah, raced. I know that that's the thing is I, I remember I was like, just a 5k, I can run three miles. So I just like, and it was, it was great because when you do the workouts that we had done all season, all I was thinking was like, I've done this before. I've done this before. I remember doing this. I remember that like terrible 543 mile start to the workout that was the start and i was just like <laughs> if i get through this i can yeah. go home happy today and so i just i remembered like all the times in the workouts when i didn't think i could do it and i did it and so it really did carry me to the end mm-hmm. and you remember that 511 that you ran and oh yeah <laughs> but that's there it is right like you again you go into a, with some sort of expectation, you give yourself some space and you exceed those expectations. A six minute PR. I know. That's, I know. They say six once you start. 11 pace for 26 miles. I can't believe it. They say once you start getting faster, you stop having big PRs like that. I know. Well, <laughs> it's so funny because I read um, a blog and all the posts by this guy named Peter Bromka and he writes, he wrote a post like two years ago, I think about, it was called burn the boat. And he basically, when he started running, like his first marathon was like three and change. And then now he's like trying to qualify for the Olympic trials at CIM. So he needs a two nineteen. and each of his marathons, he's PR'd by like six or seven minutes. And each time he's been like, I can't PR by that much. Like there's a cap, there's a cap. Right. And so I feel like I'm like, I can't PR by that much the next time, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm just wondering when my, when my like cap is going to start and it's going to be like a minute or like, I might not PR in the next one. I mean, I've only done three. So like, I mean, eventually you're not going to PR, you know? So, uh, I mean, but I'm, uh, I'm ready to try. I'm willing to try because it's kind of fun. Well, you're going to be with a lot of fast people down in Atlanta. I know (laughs) that race is just going to be complete cake. Like, because we know we're not going to win or, you know, it's one of those it's one of those things where it's an amazing opportunity. So I think we're going to train really hard and we'd all like to get PRs, but also that race is just going to be so fun because when do you get to run with the best in the world? Never. That's, and, but that's also every race you've been in, there's been somebody faster than you that you've got to chase. Yeah. And sometimes you've been that person. Yeah. You know, so now you're going to a race full of fast people. I know. Who knows? I, uh, Amelia and I were joking that we need to get like all the like ultra runners who are there. We need to like a you or something. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing is you might experience what it's like to be in the back of the pack now. I know. <laughs> I mean, I've probably experienced that. I'm just messing but with you. Yeah. But. I mean, 
yeah, it'll be awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. Like, it's going to be so fun. I can't wait to meet everybody. I'm finally going to meet all these people that I know on social media and whatever. And I couldn't believe, like, a couple women that are, like, starstruck were like, congrats, see you in Atlanta. And I was like, wait, what? I can start breathing. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. And so, yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I feel like it'll, it'll be, I'm just, you know, it, I can't believe it. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> See, that's how you tell the story. You don't tell the beginning of the beginning. That's right? true. You that's know? true. So, all right. So now we went for a little hike this morning, mm -hmm. right? Little recovery hike. Yeah. Are you running? I ran this morning for the first time and it felt, it felt good. So okay. uh, I'm not, uh, I definitely am not putting the cart before the horse, so I'm I'm, I'm letting this horse uh, <laughs> definitely recover completely, uh, and I'm not going to do two. I don't even know if we'll start workouts very soon, um, so because I kind of have another race before I want to start training for the trials, so uh, I don't I. Again, giving myself the best chance, I would like to go into training as most rested as I can. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you're sleeping well. I still am. It seems like, it seems night. like you're having a hard time having waking hours that are restful, but you're getting plenty of sleep at the end of the I night. mean, but the thing is like, I'm used to my life and it, yeah. it, and I like doing what I do. And so no, it's, it's, it's been very great. Mm -hmm. So what else? You're going to chill out for a little while, maybe, yeah. maybe get on the trails for a bit in the maybe, fall. Maybe go to Menden. Yeah. Yeah. That'll see, be fun. See some fall colors for a little bit. Yes. And then is it the treadmill over the winter? Keeping Hopefully fit, not. Uh, because I want to train with um, Chelsea and Bailey, they like going to Barton and Barton is an indoor 200 meter track and it's the worst. It's the worst. Anybody that says it's not the worst is wrong. And so that's where we will probably do our workouts. <laughs> It's just so small and you're just, it's dry in there. You've got the army guys in the middle, like throwing logs and you're just running around that thing for so long, but it's fine because at least I'm with somebody. I'm not doing it alone. But if I can't make those, then I will do some, I, I mean, I know it's the winter here in Ithaca. I'll do some treadmill running. Yeah. Just sometimes it's just too cold and dangerous to risk it. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing, right? At the, at the paces I run, I can run out in the winter and not not worry about catastrophic injury. I might slip and get hurt, but I'm not running six thirties, you know, out in the winter. Yeah, I mean, the only time I would probably try to st well, I well I will trade the treadmill for outside if I'm doing a workout. Like if it's just an easy or a long run, like I mean, it yeah. doesn't like you just layer. Yeah, just go outside. But hot, if you if you need if you need to hit speeds, you can't hit speeds on snow and ice, like. <laughs> I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't been able to, but you know, we'll see what this winter brings. Yeah. Well, you know, do my best. I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch this little thing sort of tick all the way up to Atlanta and then everybody be surprised about how everybody gets Ithaca's best shirts, best <laughs> shirts for everybody. I know. I can't release this podcast until you order those shirts. Now. I know. I know. Now I, yes. <laughs> you yes. Gave, or I'm going to have to blank everything out. It'll be everywhere you say Ithaca's fast. I'm going to have to put a beep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Explicit. Yeah. Shirts that say Ithaca's beep. Ithaca's beep. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, you know, I think we've covered everything. I know. I think it's time for us to get some lunch. Oh, please. Thank you I know, right? so much. And what's funny Not is, my coffee alone. What's funny is you've left your coffee all by itself. I've drank almost my whole coffee. Oh, cup. really? Yeah. Mine's like half coffee, half creamer at this point. <laughs> I not not intentionally. I do like creamer, but I was a little heavy handed. Yeah. Well know. it was a long walk that we I, took through. True, true. All right. Well, Ellie, thanks for uh thanks for finding us a spot. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and chatting about your story. It's been good times. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, there you go. Um, that was surprisingly enough, that was just 2019. <laughs> so um Ellie has done a lot and is going to do a lot more. And what's really cool is uh if you really want to see this actual the the stories in the making, um Ellie's got a very uh good and natural uh, Instagram feed. You want to know what she's having for lunch? You're going to find out. You want, <laughs> you want to know how she felt about her dinner? You're going to find out. <laughs> You're going to even get some workouts in there. So yeah. So you got to follow uh, Gazelli on Instagram and you will, you will get the real deal. Um, as for this show, I want to thank everybody again for the continued Patreon support. It's really pretty great. I got to tell you, having the studio and all that, I like to make these trips out to Ithaca and um, you'll notice the show art today. We are in an office, as Ellie mentioned earlier, um, but it's really great having the studio and the Patreon supporters really help take care of that and all of this uh, stuff that helps me come and record in Ithaca. So thank you once again for that. Um, and I don't have anything else too much to say. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Um, Thank you all for subscribing. Thank you for telling your friends and getting out there and making new stories. Um, until next time, be thankful for what you've been given. Be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.